God is a priest of the Israelites. Welcome to the special. Wait a minute. Yeah, we're going to lose our. You know, you make me want a <laughs> podcast. Hello. Welcome to Smite Me, the podcast where we read the Torah from the beginning and see if we like it this time. See if we want what, what we have to say about it. Um, I'm John Elkabes. I'm joined by my co hosts, Ayani Hayashi. I'm shuddering from the change in air. <laughs> and Josh Marcus. I am just gobsmacked as well by the changed air. Yeah. It's I, just uh, that feeling of that feeling you get when you crack open the Torah. I mean, it just turns you up. Mm-hmm. It has a certain dust that I kind of, it kind of seems like there's wisdom on there, you know? Well, I guess yeah, we're about true to wisdom find dust. Out. Um, yeah. Well, so this is a big day. This is the beginning of what I like to think of as season two of Smite Me. We made it through Genesis Ex- and now we're on to probably the most banger book of the Torah if you had to Exodus, choose. yeah. Exodus. Actually, it's like the, we're in chapter one and it's already just fucking filled with shit. It's also, I mean, not to like mention, not to like get too into the characters and stuff, but we've, this, the whole previous season was a variety of characters and now it's going to be Moses for the entire rest of this book, which is wild. He's just the guy now. <laughs> yeah, they were just trying shit out and it didn't really work out a lot of the time. I would have kept around some of Joseph's stupid ass sons though, because they're always getting into trouble. I mean, it's just a lot of time has passed. Yeah, they had to die, like we all do eventually. Um, Unfortunately, the way the way it's set up now. All right, do we want to get into what we did that was maybe smiteable or yeah, let's, let's some way God would find objectionable? I can start. Um, I don't know. The inauguration was. This past week, and I guess I don't know. I think my smiteable offense this week is just being a Bernie bro, because um, that's just who I am in my heart. You know, <laughs> I was I was glad to see Trump go, but I also took a lot of pleasure in actively not watching the inauguration and um, thinking that it's stupid. So that's just. Were you there for all the hashtag epic memes of Bernie slaying Yas, all the Yas queens by sitting in a chair with mittens on? Yeah, I and I enjoy, I enjoyed that. I think that's the other another smiteable aspect is that I absolutely did not watch like all the speeches, but I was still like, ah, ha, 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 funny chairman. Um, uh huh. But yeah, I'm just here for the memes, dude. Yeah. I hey, just keep it honest, man. No, no, no. That, I, I feel similarly. I watched a little bit. I watched the, um, watched the poem, and I tried to watch a little bit of Joe Biden himself speak, but that was <laughs> ten seconds. I did ten seconds before I was like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm gonna learn anything today. I'm proud to say I was both. I was surfing both while Joe Biden was giving speeches in the inauguration and while the Capitol was being attacked, and I'm a professional political journalist. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm just I'd just like to put that out there. That it was really cool. That you're busy in the mornings. Not that honestly, <laughs> I think I have anything that original to like add to that sort of stuff. But it was just kind of funny that like both times I was just like 
surrounded by lots of like really clueless white men just like living it up not thinking mm-hmm. about politics at all and honestly I, i'll just i could go next yeah yeah unless i unless you're really chomping at the bit no nah, i go for it oh um i feel like if genesis taught us anything it's that uh pleasure seeking is not to be encouraged if you're a righteous man um and i was just thinking about it recently so like i just got an incense holder i've really become into ugg slippers knit beanies like i feel like my whole life is like devolving into sort of like this kind of like west coast maximum coziness no haircut just kind of going with the flow thing um which is great for me like i've i'm having fun with it but i feel like god might consider that unserious behavior (laughs) unserious behavior but like i literally have a candle a candle or incense lit at all times like i just i think god's it's gotta be smelling good yeah, we light candles all the mm. time, according to tradition. Yeah, God is constantly. Yeah, but us I'm light lighting candles. them like not to consecrate shit. Like I'm just. But also, you, know? you, go, you think in heaven there's not candles all over the place? Yeah, you can't be holy if you're not always under threat of a potential <laughs> fire hazard. <laughs> I, you know, I never really. I'll be honest. I never thought if there were candles or not in heaven. Though I feel like maybe the like Liberace version of heaven has like candelabras and shit, but. I yeah I what do you guys think God would have to say about lush bath bombs? L- l- well, I I don't know what I have to say about lush bath bombs. Uh, God seems to love bombs, so the, you know what bath bombs are, right? You know bath do you know bath bombs? It's just some like fan. It's some store that all they sell is like fancy shit to put in the bathtub. Yeah, it's just like kind of it's, herbs it's and minerals, good, and it like makes the bath smell good. Oh, it's like skin, it's, it's like a it's like a medic not medicated, but like it's a it's like a bath. Mm-hmm. It's like a proper bath. Like in, it, in it, Japan, it, they're really prop popular. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what like is, a little, they, it's like the Keurig version of that. We just, yeah. When I was a kid, like my my parents had it's called onsen powder. Onsen, I think, is like the 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 bathhouse, and then you like put it in, and it smells nice. It's an activity of leisure. Nice. Yeah, you're not supposed to like clean yourself in the bathtub. You're supposed to clean yourself before you go into the bathtub. Big difference. Mm. I respect that. I don't want to be stewing in somebody else's dirt. And you don't want house. other people stewing in your in your dirt. Uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a golden I rule. I didn't mean that R-E any type dirt. of way. I'm just saying a lot of people like a lot of things. Um, Ioni, what did you do this week to get yourself smited? Uh, I recently came out with a single, and I submitted it to a bunch of playlists, and that always just makes me feel not great for no reason. No, I totally get oh, that feeling. Yeah. Oh, you submit it to play like on Spotify, like you ask to be on it. Yeah, that's one of the one of the ways to do it. It's honestly for someone like in in my position, it's like it's getting it onto a bunch of uh, people's like rotations and whatever, and then Spotify picks up the thing I again, love- like. You know, but uh-huh. I just feel like I don't really feel bad about submitting. Like, there's a couple places that I, I I've submitted to and gotten good like responses where it's like very simple, and I don't feel bad at all about like, oh hey, like this is some of my work. Check it out, and if you like it, put it on your shit. That doesn't bother me. But there's a bunch of them that like in order to submit to them, you have to follow their thing too. And it's just like, yeah, that always just makes me feel like yeah gross yeah, man. But playing the game time. in any industry in which you have to play the game fucking sucks yeah yeah but i think it's a good reminder that like it's the industry that's gross yeah 
and I mean, I guess you can't completely separate yourself from because you're in it. I mean, I'm I feel the same. Like in yeah, the no, I, I, like I it's know. A, the entertainment industry anyway is a bad, gross place where and this is. These are not new feelings either. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, we're all in a different wing of like the worst place. Yeah, it's awesome. We're all in a different floor, being like, "How's the weather up there? Oh, it sucks there too. Cool." What the three of us right now with our smite maze or with our smiteables? In a way, I feel like in the like, in the in the broader sense, I just mean like in that we're all working in like a creativity adjacent field oh, to I varying degrees, and like yeah, they all suffer from kind of the same sort of problems. Absolutely. Yes. Um. Although I did come up with a, a, a fun idea for – actually not a fun idea. Probably the dumbest idea for a playlist I've ever had that I've started to assemble and might promote if I can't yeah. convince myself otherwise. It's just going to be like chill tunes that the, my cat at work has like responded positively to That's in some cute. way. That's fun. So it's just like That's I sick. don't even have would, editorial control. That I to me is to an something. instant click. Do cats do the do you think the cats have music tastes? I no, I'm just like basically when she like seems happy while the music is playing is like while I'm at work is mm-hmm. that's what I'm choosing. So like you can't even don't like, you know, just maybe if she's asleep and you send me a a, a thing like fucked man, sorry, you're not getting on there. She's asleep. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> what if your cat is just like really into like Coldplay and uh Oasis? And well, stuff? you have to raise them, right? So I don't expose them to things that are fucking Uh-oh, dumb. True. <laughs> yeah, you do have to raise them, right? You gotta rear that cat. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, when you first said like that you were submitting to people's playlists, my first I was imagining you like sending emails like, Hey, Jason, um, I think my song would be really great for um. Jason's driving songs. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> I just, yeah. I for chill be, backyard barbecue. Fourth of not, July. It's not very different from that, except for that I don't really. They people recommend like personalizing it, but I I just don't know what to say. Well, what's crazy about it <laughs> is that like it it create like it creates a situation where like someone legitimately has some power, and their power is like they're making a playlist. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, it's how it's working right now. It's very strange, but in a weird way, well, it's, and actually, it's like you have to kind of pretend like you all like love each other and it's personal, but like you all kind of just want to get big off each other. Well, I think, I don't know. I feel like sometimes That's, there's like real, there's a lot of real friendships. No, I think there is, or I guess I just, I was always frustrated at the self-promotion thing where you kind of have to pretend to be in love with whoever the thing or institution that you're talking to is oh, like yeah. why is this your passion mm-hmm. it's like because i want a job yeah <laughs> and yeah. you're in the field where i could get a, a job doing the thing i want to do oh yeah it's like every time you would like not every time but a lot of the times when i was just working like random jobs when i needed money back when i was playing music more full-time constantly i'd be going to like a first interview and they're like why do you want a job like because i don't have gigs right now and i need to pay my fucking rent i don't technically want this job it's a stupid fucking question that in a just world people would be afraid to ask for fear of physical violence but (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying like oh why do you want to work at the cafe well because i just lost the residency at this fucking place so now i have to make up 200 dollars a week i was three years old the first time i spied a cup of tea right i always had a like literally curiosity what goes on inside it's just like the the correct response to why do you want this job is why do you want this job 
You should be able to say that. <laughs> you fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, bring that kind of response back. I think it's very honest. As an adult, I've I've thought I think I might want to get into copying people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think my nice. favorite response I've ever heard. Take my favorite <laughs> response I've ever seen. It sucks. I'm not going to start doing that. You fucking dickhead piece of shit. <laughs> See, it feels bad. And then because then, not then when they get well. mad. People then you just set like them up for the copied. classic second response, which is "Stop copying me," <laughs> which is even, even sicker. Y'all ready for a summary? Oh, ready for a summary. All right, first chapter of Exodus. It's called Shemot. Shemot, which doesn't mean this in Hebrew, but I do find uh, enjoyment in the passing resemblance to the word smite. Shemot. Oh, I mean, me. Yeah, I see. Yeah, it's, like yeah. if, if Sean Connery said it. Is that, why, yeah. is that why when I first walked in here when you were setting up, you were uh, leaning in on the mic going, Sean Connery, I'm Sean Connery. <laughs> gotta make wow. sound check behind God. the scenes exclusive. You got Sean Connery on the brain. Um, all right, Exodus, here we go. A generation passes and a new mean pharaoh comes to power. Mean pharaoh gets nervous that the Jews are populating too quickly and might turn on Egypt, so he has them enslaved. But their population keeps growing, so pharaoh tells the midwives to kill all the little baby Jewish boys, but the midwives refuse to do it because God won't let them. So then pharaoh just tells everybody, like, all right, kill the little baby Jewish boys. And so they're doing that, but Moses's mom can tell, you guys know, I'm not going to, like be like there's the guy called moses like you know about moses moses mom decides she needs to save her little special boy's life by putting him in a basket and floating him down the river where he's eventually taken in by pharaoh's daughter and becomes a member of pharaoh's family and while his actual mother and sister play the role of midwives and so then we skip a lot and just cut to moses as a young man and he he one day he leaves his castle and he sees a Egyptian slave driver because also there's slavery. Oh, I mentioned that. She he sees an Egyptian slave driver like hitting a slave, and so he's like he walks up to them and he looks both ways and then he's like, yeah, I'm gonna kill you. So he or maybe he just hits him too hard. I don't know, but he kills the guy. The guy's dead, um, and he doesn't think he's like I don't know if anyone saw that. But then the next day he sees two Jews fighting and he goes to break it up and they're like, oh, what are you gonna kill me like you killed that Egyptian guy? And he's like, okay, now people know about this. And then it, and also Pharaoh like Pharaoh knows about it. He realizes he has to get out of town, so he runs away. And he goes to Midian where he meets a woman named Zipporah that he marries and is taken in by her father Jethro and starts working as a shepherd. And one day when he's tending sheep, God visits him in the form of a burning bush, which you knew. Um, God tells Moses, go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh that God told him to free the Jews. And Moses Moses is like, how am I going to convince him that I'm for real? And God's like – Take your staff and throw it on the ground, and then I turn it into a snake. Um, and then there's like a couple other magic tricks that we can get into. He, he tells Moses, like, Try, I'm with you. I'm God. I'll be able to prove that I'm real. And then Moses is like, oh, I don't know, though, because I'm kind of – I'm uh, slow speech and tongue is what he says. He's like, I'm not so good with words or – we could discuss what that means, but he's like, I, I don't, I don't want to do all the talking. And God's like, fine, you can have your brother Aaron do the speaking for you. You just kind of need to be there. For some reason, 
And then Moses goes back to Egypt and tells Pharaoh to let the Jews celebrate some festival. And Pharaoh refuses and decides to make the work even harder for the Jews as punishment. And then the Jews get mad at Moses because they're like, you made it even harder by trying to make things better. And then God, Moses complains to God and is like, this isn't going well. And God's like, watch me. I'm, I'm about to do something crazy. Um, <laughs> check this Check this out. And that's the story of part of the story of Moses. Yeah, it kind of ends with God like cocking a pistol and tucking it behind his <laughs> yep. belt loop. Yeah. Yes. It really and he's kind of walking, heading out the front door and you're like, oh. Yeah, he he like he like cocks the gun, puts it in his waistband and then winks at the audience. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like I think we all know where this is going. This one, despite the summary being very brief and like the overall plot points not being all together there, I'm going to tell you right now, this one is fucking packed full of shit. It's a. That's it's, true. There's some real duds and there's some real studs in this book. Oh, I this mean, it's is great. A stud, not a dud. Moses kills yeah. a cop. It's awesome. I mean, yeah. There's, there's. Just, <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, we know what you mean, and we that know was, we know what you mean, and we know what I mean when I agree with you. Um, I, we're probably at like 20 <laughs> minutes in right now, and maybe that was more of a 40 minutes in comment, but <laughs> that's okay. Season two. Season two, baby. If you're still here. Season two moment. So, okay, let's start at the beginning where... Any, well, do, do we have any overarching thoughts about, like, themes that this presents? Although I think now that we're at a genesis, that might not be a, a thing that happens as much. I think there's themes and even some motifs. There's I, One theme I noticed that's a very similar theme to Joseph is the guy who's a Jew, but he's also not a Jew, but he's also a Jew, that's but true. he's the special, he's the good Jew. Uh-huh. Yeah, the one who is in Jews the kingdom. Jews guys. Yeah, I did definitely write down that they constantly in the text are like, yeah, Egyptians hate the Israelites, but they're like pretty consistently like raising them in their families, letting them be like the number two to God, King Pharaoh. So clearly the slavery thing is an indication of that, but it's... But they're also kind of, it's almost like they're doing the thing that like liberals do where they're like, we got a CIA director who's a person of color and it's like, cool, you're missing the point. (laughs) Yeah. We got a, yeah, like we got a... (laughs) <laughs> got like a head head slave guy who is also a Jew. We nailed it. Right. Ex- fucking exactly. Yeah, exactly. actually exactly that. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. But he's never really, he's not quite the head slave guy. He's just like kind of removed from everything. He's just royalty. He's just privileged. He's just, uh, he's right. a. That's kind of the implication when he first comes, when he like first leaves the palace, that's, that he's first leaving the palace and that's when he sees the slave being hit. Right, he like just kind of realized like, oh, what if slavery is bad? Okay, yeah, wait. I feel like, um, I mean, not that this wasn't in Genesis, but you can really feel them like turning on the hose of like, here's why the Jews are good. Here's why everyone else is bad. Here's why like we're on this like inevitable rocket ship of progress and righteousness kind of thing. Yes. Um, yeah. Like I just, you know, we go from like, Joseph kind of having like a, a kind of complicated and interesting relationship to Egypt and settling there to just be like, and Pharaoh was the worst person in the world and everything he did was bad. And even though the Jews also did it at various points in the beginning, it's bad now. And here's why. And like, that just feels like that's the track we're on. And I just feel like that's the train is leaving the station and there's kind of just no turning that around. I did note, it, <laughs> yeah, it kind of it comes in a different spot, but I did note, notice that like we are... M- Despite the fact of all the, shall we say, problematic <laughs> aspects of, of Genesis, <laughs> um, 
this is like the world already within this first chapter uh, or first section of Exodus. Like the world is much more binary. There's like yeah. good and there's evil. Lately, um, I've kind of been I've yeah. kind of been on that on that vibe to be honest. But that's uh... a <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Should I we mean, start at the beginning? Sure. Because I want to talk about the phrasing of um, like a new pharaoh came to power who did not know Joseph. Um, I mean, I know that it's it's just Bible talk, but it is funny. It just kind of like seems kind of sassy. Like it's also like a wild Joseph, proposition. I, I don't know her. <laughs> it's like a wild proposition. Just like they don't tell you how much time is passing, but I imagine like we're not talking about thousands of years to just be like, yeah. And there was this really important guy, but uh, nobody ever told anybody about him. So uh, eventually, this guy came to power, and he was like, "Who that guy? We never tell each other anything." Yeah, that's kind of a hilarious way to measure time. Just for Egypt, the Bible pressed the reset button on a video game console. Now that yeah. part starts from the they, beginning. They hit that reset button uh, several times in Genesis. Well, yeah, but re- but real hard. Basically, like our main character was, like I said earlier, second to God King Pharaoh. And then we just start this new book and it's like, turns out no one ever heard of him. Anyways. Yeah, but then also very quickly, there's another yeah. good little Jewish boy who's the second to God, King Pharaoh. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you guys could not like pace yourselves. It does also feel like, I don't know, it feels like there's a little bit of something funny going on about um, like, you know, how just like every politician went to Harvard or Yale, like no matter what. Mm hmm. Even and the ones who are like, I'm fighting writer. for the people and like, and like, I'm one of you, like they did all go to Harvard and Yale. I feel like so far we've got a lot of leaders in the Jews who went to Egypt, Harvard, where it's just like, he was a commoner, he fought for the people and he was also the king. <laughs> like <laughs> yes. kind of splits the difference. In a, nice, a tale as old as time. <laughs> you know? It, but it also makes yeah. me kind of wonder if the text is sort of doing that on purpose. Cause for a long, a, a long time, I think, but this was. This is not probably. This was after this period, so I don't know if it applies. But for a long time, Egypt was where the like wealthy people around the Mediterranean got educated. So maybe it's a hearkening. That's not me saying something. That's me just putting bits of what are probably not related information together. But you know, it's kind of like uh-huh. what we've said before. The text. You're not exists. saying. You're just saying. Yeah, the the text exists contemporaneously to whatever was actually happening in Egypt. So. There might be a level of like, see, he was like king of Egypt. So that lends credibility. Right. Like he must have been pretty sharp. A version of being like, I mean, he went to Harvard. Yeah. I mean, so he is. Does Harvard law mean anything to you? Um, (laughs) Another piece of phrasing I would note is they start talking about um, like kind of the, they're setting up. So it's like to make the Jews resistance struggle a valid one, they've got to have a good foil. And these are like the bad Egyptians now. And there's this phrase where they talk about, the Egyptians ruthlessly opposed upon the Israelites the various labors that they made them perform. Ruthlessly, they made life bitter for them with harsh labor. So it's like, oh, were they ruthless? Um, they're like really just like. <laughs> yep. Well, I think part of what that's knocking doing us on the head is reminding us that they were doing the bad kind of slavery. You know what I mean? Against against us is that the defining right. line? The bad well, kind. No, yeah. but I also think like yeah. <laughs> like according to them, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I think that. They by because right it it seems part of the problem with that phrasing is that it seems redundant. Slavery is by nature cruel and ruthless. But to right. say like <laughs> they were being ruthless, kind of I don't know. Doesn't it feel like the, it's like 
all the other times, like in Genesis, when the Jews were owning slaves, they were like being chill about it and like not hitting them in le- on screen. Right. You know? It's like you could you could have forced labor, but like just don't force it. Just don't, don't be force rude it. about it. I mean, that's fucking is, yeah. is really what it is. It's capitalism. But uh, yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. And they're also kind of like making the point that like, oh, isn't it horrible? Because like as the as the portion progresses, it talks about it's not just that they kind of were doing all these harsh labor things against the Jews. They were also like, you know, before we made them make bricks out of straw. Now we're going to make them even go gather the straw because like, why bother? And they're still going to have to make just as much in the same amount of time. So they're sort of like tightening the winch, making all the labor conditions hard. But like, remember the good Joseph that everyone, you know, should remember? Like he kind of, you know, he figured out his own kind of exploitative sort of labor thing as well but like this is it's bad now just because it's he he but he had like a more like acceptable nice seeming liberal version where he was like we're all gonna pitch in and what we're gonna do is give me everything yeah it's like it's compare it's comparing uh like serfdom as like the positive alternative to straight up slavery or it's like maybe both of those things are just (laughs) horrible Right. It's like, um, it's a little bit like to put my uh, liberal arts hat on. I feel like it's a little like uh, shock doctrine, Naomi Klein, like they're in the midst of a kind of chaotic moment. And so he's like, and what if the solution to this was making you all serfs? Wouldn't that be nice? Can we talk about the midwives? Oh, I just Let's have go. one small thing. This might be a Chabad thing, but in the, uh, the text, the Pharaoh goes, uh, let us deal shrewdly with them, the Jews or, or whatever. And I just oh, thought yeah. it was funny. It's like him like rubbing his like, hands together like, I will be bad. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, it's that. Number two, like, I think dealing shrewdly is like a very uh, accurate way of describing what the main characters of this story thus far have been doing. <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah. It's, a, yeah, yeah. it's a very interesting kind of flip of the playbook to be like, it's kind of similar to be like, and remember all of that weird dishonest shit? We're hitting a reset button on that too. That's bad now. All right. Like. It's bad because yeah. it's happening to us. Okay, so the midwives, the, they before Pharaoh has tells everyone to kill the little Jewish babies, he tells the midwives to kill them, and the midwives know that like God won't let them do it or whatever, right? It says like they feared God, so they didn't kill the babies, right? They like ostensibly did the right thing, but then when Pharaoh asks them why didn't you kill the little Jewish babies? They're like, oh, well, you know, the Jews are just kind of like filthy animals. So they just kind of have kids all over the place and then before anyone can get there. So that's why. So they kind of just per- through pretended to be anti-Semitic to like save the Jews. But it's just kind of a funny moment of like the two midwives are standing next to each other and Pharaoh comes up to them and asks them like, why did you do that? And they're like, oh, she gives the whole explanation. Like, well, you know, Jews, they just have their whole like blah, 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 blah. And then Pharaoh walks away and the other midwife is just like, wow, you, you sure had a lot to say. Like that came out of your mouth a little too quickly. It's <laughs> like, yeah, well, you know. Oh, I just- see, I kind of read that moment a bit more as like a kind of pat on the back of the Jews because it talks about at least the wording in mine is they say um, they are vigorous. You know, it's kind of just like, look at how, like, kind of great and powerful the wombs of the Jews are. Like, you could even be trying to kill us. And, like, even that wouldn't stop us. Like, we're so I kinda... think it's a matter of interpretation. Yeah, I saw both versions. Because in the Chabad thing, also, we're in the section of the Bible where, at least on the Chabad website, they need to constantly put in insertions to make – of, like, here's an explanation to make some of the stuff make sense, um, which I think is interesting because – 
they there wasn't like that on the website with most of Genesis, and, and now we're kind of in the like stop. This is what this means, so that this sentence makes any sense in English. But one of the things they were saying is the the verb they use for like giving birth. Uh, the the Jews giving birth is like the same verb to describe like how an animal gives birth, like breeding okay. or something. Mm. So which you know, okay, it's like someone who's like yeah, wanting to like do the rabbits the the right thing, but going like really deep on their fake racism to the point where you're like, you didn't have to say all that. The basket. I feel like that's a big symbol, you know. We're I always thought it was like imagery of the little baby in a basket going down the river. Well, wildly yeah. irresponsible. I do want to say it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, like, I mean that's, I, not, that's it's not a really at all. Yeah. Um, but also, it kind of has the like the tone that a lot of stuff in this has. That it's like in in that is affirmed whenever you like click on the thing and read the commentary, which is like she floated him down the river because she knew that there was a prophecy that she had to fulfill. And like, you know what I mean? It's always like, because that is exactly what was supposed to happen. And she knew that it would go to the blah, 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 blah. And he would free the Jews. Like it's always, it's always so like. Well, in a way it's almost like a callback to the Noah thing that like the future of the people kind of has to like float on the flood for a little bit. Oh, interesting. Which is kind of how I read it, but which also brings me to just on a slight tangent, just this thought, the the two thoughts are related, but the very beginning of the chapter opens with a a genealogy. And I thought it was very on brand that like the Bible decides that like the recap for what they're going to do. Uh, to like start this new episode is the least interesting. Oh, it's shit. a begat, begat, begat. <laughs> Which yeah, for, right, right like from last the time on. They're just like yeah. Do you remember that unimportant uh, conversation that the characters had three seasons ago? It's still unimportant. All right, now we got the new story. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, but, yeah, right. But yeah, I think there's there's a couple weird callbacks to Genesis, like that. I think, um, and 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 Moses having to be in the basket is his own. It's kind of like his own flood. Yeah. Um, there's a funny thing, like just in all the footnotes about people being named the thing that happens to them. Like Moses is named Moses because Moshe is like the Egyptian for being born out of or like drawn out because he was drawn out of the water. I just feel like it's sort of mm-hmm. a funny naming convention that doesn't really exist anymore. And it would just sort of be funny, like, or I just wonder how long you wait for that kind of moment to emerge. Like, what if you're just like a little kid, you like bump into some shit and you're like, you're named Bumpy because you bumped when you were, you know, like. I I I do think it's funny that like maybe you have to wait a couple years if you just have like a pretty like what everyone would hope for, like a non-tumultuous, very normal birth where like the wife is pregnant, the wife gives birth, nobody dies, and then you have a child at the end of it and they're like, well, nothing happened, so I guess you're just son. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> every kid is kind of the same for the first while until they're not, you know. And he was named, goes to the kitchen and eats a Pop-Tart because like he likes I, Pop-Tarts. <laughs> like I get like oh, if naming it after the weather in a weird way. If you're like a rainbow happened, like oh, I'll call it kid rainbow. A rainbow happened. <laughs> Hello, I'm a rainbow happened Elkbess. <laughs> I knew uh, a lot of a lot of kids named Sequoia. Oh, that sounds like a Carmel thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 That does not surprise me. But they were like crunchy Carmel kids, like kind of like hippie kids. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that that's, doesn't surprise that's, me that's either. That's his name Sequoia. Yeah. Yeah. Fifth generation Harvard lawyer is not named Sequoia. But the kid of that person might be. 
that are named Pendleton. Pendleton. One of Megan Kelly's kids is named Yardley, which is also <sighs> the name of a soap brand. Yardley. <sighs> yeah, I don't know why I know I that. I think I piece saw that guy play at the Yardley Strictly Bluegrass Festival. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, okay, so I guess basically we're 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 at uh we're at him coming out and killing the slave driver. Well, oh, one note I just wanted to make is that it's kind of unclear. There's like his or no, it says his sister went and like watched him on the while he was going down the right. That's I'm trying to like get a play by play here. It's like his sister and mom put him on the river. His sister kind of hides in the bushes and watches him go. At least that's like probably that's like what the imagery is in like the Prince of Egypt and like yeah. sees that he gets taken by the Egyptian by the by Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's daughter, daughter yeah. and then walks up to her and is like, "I am a midwife. I can help you take care of this baby." Or was she already the like appointed I midwife? I don't know. Person? It's kind of it's one of those details that like doesn't really change the story, but. Yeah, I guess not. It's just imagery that people. Well, really it's like, like a really good plan, but it's like, oh, a woman did it, so it just doesn't really matter how it all happened. Right. There is a little bit of that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just uh, uh, also did they name Miriam yet? Her name is Miriam. They say they keep calling her Pua. I think that I think Miriam and Pua are one in the same. There's also a lot of name confusion in this fucking uh, yeah, these... <laughs> in this chapter in particular. Who else? Um, his uh, Moses's father-in-law gets introduced as Ruel, and then he's they were just told that his name is Jethro, and then they later casually refer oh, to him yeah. as Jether. <laughs> I didn't notice the Jether. But... It's pretty wild, actually. But Jether, no, that's just like Moses' affectionate nickname for him. He's just like Jethro, oh, the Jether. Jether. It's just like imagine meeting someone for the third, for th- three times in a row, and every single time you somehow get their name wrong, but you knew the name. They just have a different one. Uh, sorry to. Yeah, it's I like some who's on first shit. Because one Tell time, story. one time I was living in this house and. I, I I pull into the driveway and I see like my neighbor across the street needs help moving like a couch or something or no like probably like a desk and so I'm helping her move the desk and then my roommate April I whatever her name was April she's not gonna listen she comes out of she like comes out on the front de- like on the front porch and introduces herself to the um to the neighbor and I don't remember what she said but she said hello I'm and then a name that was fully not April. <laughs> And we never talked about it again. <laughs> what? <laughs> was that the sort of thing that she would do? Or like, yeah, she, that was yes. just like a pure lightning bolt? Oh. No, yeah. She asked me funny questions. Like, or she was like, I didn't know. I don't know if I've ever met a Jew with an eyebrow piercing. Like, huh. Uh, anyway. <laughs> How she, old was this that's person? Funny. She was like in her like mid 50s. It was a. It's a strange situation. Um, yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Sounds though. like I, it. As I definitely imagined, like a, a twenty-three-year-old, like just out of college student, okay. being like, "Hi, my name's something different," and being like, "Wow." I could see. So, I could see someone like someone named Sequo- like someone, <laughs> someone named, named Sequoia, Sequoia doing yeah. that. Anyway. Yeah. Who's like, oh, I just felt like I was star. I was star today because I felt like a star. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely. I think she just wanted to be random. I think she was just in the mood to be random. I've definitely done that with my name at like places where they have to call your name out for an order, where it's just That's, kind of like, "What's your name? What's your Starbucks name?" 
Not I don't that. have a Starbucks name. Okay, Penis but what's your, overlord. What's your fake name for ordering stuff? Uh, it's been, it's it always changes. Sometimes it's like Sean. Sometimes it's go fuck yourself. Sometimes <laughs> it's. <laughs> I'd be so stoked if, so I, if I got a Postmates order and it was like, please go pick up umami burger for go fuck yourself. I'd be like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Slight aside, I did uh, one time. I I, I was in the Starbucks. And I feel bad, but this is also just I, – I can't help myself sometimes. I, I have to maintain this inside of me, but they, uh, I order just like a regular coffee and like obviously you just have to like turn around and pour it and then give it to me. And like that's how it went. And they were just probably out of habit. The person just asked me like, oh, what's your name? And I was like, you don't need that. So I was just like, I don't. Yeah, but they in their in their hearts and they do need it. No, they don't though. They, have, they just need to turn around. They have and they to do get their name in a or else some asshole gets mad at them. It's some uh, other yeah. guy who also is underpaid gets mad. I at them I only the smallest grain of sand can scratch name. a microchip. So what the fuck does that, that mean? So just tell I people your name because anything can it. happen at any time. Yeah, I think man. that's what Josh was no, saying. I'm saying, you know, tightly organized systems. All it takes is one little change. All right. One little guy with something to prove. <laughs> all right. Okay, so Moses Merck's an Egyptian. A slave driver. It's awesome. He sees a guy beating up a slave, and he says, thinks that's not right, and he goes up and kills the guy. It's I, I was being kind of glue about it earlier, but I want to make clear that I think that's very good. Yeah, I, kill a slave driver. I think that's fine. That's like my favorite scene in uh, Django no, Unchained. And he hides him in the sand. He buries him in a little hole. That's awesome. It's He clearly also does not do a very good job hiding the body. We'll get to that. But um. Well, I don't think Moses is very smart. No. I think it's also funny too because this is a very like if you think of the traditions and like ideas that this book has uh, inspired, it's a very like Old Testament-y. It's kind of got like a similar vibe to, you know, the story of like Siddhartha, the first Buddha. Mm-hmm. Um, about how he like his father gets a prophecy that he has to live in like a, a completely sheltered life and he'll become like the ruler of the world basically but he goes out of the palace and like sees suffering and stuff and gets confused it's like it's funny the because- Old Testament version of that is he goes out of the palace for the first time sees injustice and then just commits murder it's- well it's just funny because like like living in a sheltered childhood and then like like going out and realizing there's injustice is definitely the path of someone named Sequoia. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I never realized that until I went thing. to college that there Sequoia, was suffering I mean, in listen, the world. You got to realize at some point I stand Sequoia. <laughs> Good to know. But yeah, Moses, we kills were all this, Sequoia at some point. I love that the text specifies that he looked over his left shoulder and his right shoulder. <laughs> he looked this way and that as they put it like, all right, all right. He does yeah, the cartoon version of checking the scene to commit real murder. I love, but I do, you said that he probably didn't do a great job hiding the body. And I love the idea of like some two Egyptian guys are getting off their shift and they turn a corner and they see their friend Carl with just like a little bit of sand on top of him. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, just completely just like, bloodied. <laughs> yeah, not even and buried, that, but just looks like he just rolled around in the sand, like just a little sprinkle. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a gruesome murder scene, um, and the way they covered it up is just like odds. But th- mm. 
Just and then the way he, right there. the way Joseph finds out that he's busted is that he goes to break up a fight between two Jews, which already oh, Moses, not Joseph. Oh, I said Moses. I said Joseph, didn't I? Yeah. Moses. The way Moses finds out, he's he goes to break up a fight between two Jews who are quarreling. Which at this point, I'm not on his side anymore. Really, I'm like, mind your fucking business, dude. They're like, that's annoying that they <laughs> these two slaves are having are like fucking disagreeing about. I don't know whether so Rob Schneider you, was in Click. I'm and, so glad you brought that up because I have a very real experience of that. Oh, uh, yeah, of someone who had more power than you being like, you guys, let's all just be pals. No. Like, like what, did Moses, like, go try to lead, like, lead a term, like, a team-building exercise? No, this See, is— like, this, let's use I statements. This gets down to a fundamental thing of, of just how you interact in the world because it wasn't someone who had more power. I was just at the bar with my friend. And we were having a good-natured argument. And I don't mean good-natured argument in the sense of, like, we were having an argument, but we're friends. Like, it was good-natured. And we're just minding our own business at our own table, doing our thing. And someone, a stranger, came up to us and was like, hey, guys, you guys, like, seem really, like, tense. Like, is there a problem? And both of us immediately, like— United. The, yeah. Like, the enemy of, 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 of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> like— one hundred percent. You're both just like the only problem is you, pal. You guys doing the Dragon Ball Z thing where you lean sideways and fuse into one person, and then just kick his ass. Immediately, my friend was like, "Who the fuck is this asshole?" <laughs> oh, that's a great. I love him addressing that to you. Yeah, and then <laughs> not even looking yeah. this guy in the eye. And then eventually, we just kind of like turned over to him and was just like, "What the fuck is your problem, man? Like, what, what, we can't have a conversation between each other." And that's the Moses energy, right? Fucking there. Is two people quarreling. One time I broke up a fight, but it was between a guy who was my friend and like the biggest kid in school. Um, and I really was like, he will die. <laughs> he just is going to die. Yeah, he's so. going to be killed by this fourth grader right now. Yeah. No, I mean, it was in high school. Um, no, you got, you got to anyway, read the room. It is hilarious what they say to him when, it, when he tries to bust him. He's like, who made you chief and ruler over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Um, I feel like they're like sock puppets. I feel like it's very awkward the way they talk. And then oh, Moses yeah. is like, huh, then the matter is known. Oh, yeah. And then just runs away. It's very fun. The way Moses just says things out loud to himself. And also the way that later on in the chapter, we find out that maybe his mouth, his tongue is always kind of hanging out of his mouth. And that's why he can't really talk um, is just a funny combination to imagine. I also, yeah, he's a little Forrest Gump like. Yes, dude, I wrote that down. Totally. Moses is Forrest Gump for sure. Moses Gump. I love the idea too of like like real bristled like laborers slaves that are like so unconcerned with like Moses trying to flex his power over them that instead of being afraid of someone who's like who's essentially a murderer and they know about it is just like what you gonna kill me too bitch? Also like a murderer and a and like a prince like yeah <laughs> like a asshole butt out maybe I feel like but then Pharaoh maybe just realizes that he's a Hebrew. You know, I feel like he, Pharaoh must be onto the jig. Oh, yeah, that kind of is the narrative that it always was growing up, right? I mean, I just can't think of another reason why, like, because it seems like royal people just kind of kill people randomly all the time, and it That's usually true. doesn't matter. So, like, why would he be mad? And Moses definitely flees like he's fleeing a crime, not like, I, I gotta go find myself. I guess I just am not over the fact to, that to, like, really break it down, like, they are in a like he's royalty and they are slaves and they're fighting about something and he's still running in and going fellas 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 come on now let's <laughs> yeah. try to keep it light like I, I guess I just didn't put it like really think about how absurd it is but it makes me it not it honestly makes me like that that Hebrew slaves response even more when he's just 
He's because he basically is just like, shut up, dickhead. Like, you know, right. Um, it's like the oh, sort of person oh. who would like refuse to shake the hand of the president where it's just like you have to any president. I respect any person who won't shake the hand. of the president. That's a dream of mine <laughs> to not shake the hand of the president. You know? Just be rude to a president. Uh huh. I would cool. love. I awesome. would love to either be rude or stick a stickler for the rules to the president. Like my my dream would be to be at a show where they're the show uh-huh. and they don't show up with a credential, and they just be like, I mean, I can't really let you onto the stage. Got out of that, man. <laughs> I get fired immediately. But like that that would be so much fucking fun to yeah. be like Honestly, but then you'd probably go viral as like a resistance hero and then you could go fund me it for a cool 60k or so. No, and then when they're like, "Well, you got to let me on. I'm the president. I'm the speaker." to be like, "Yeah, I watch the news." Like, "Yeah, I know. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I know who you are." <laughs> yeah. That's um, awesome. <laughs> I oh, I found a good Rashi, which is that the text says I that, got a Rashi. The text says that Pharaoh tried to kill him, and Rashi says that Pharaoh literally tried to have someone kill him with the sword, but quote, the sword had no power over him. So in this version of events, somebody like <laughs> tries to like chop into his skin with a sword, and it's just like bark. Like it just doesn't it, it just the sword won't puncture his skin. And, there, and then That's he's like, funny. all right, well, I, I love the idea that Rashi now. feels like this this story isn't a, a strong enough example that Moses is the chosen one. The guy who yeah. can create snakes from sticks and has a burning bush talk to him and like can do crazy magic tricks, which we'll get into. But like imagine reading that and being like, man, I don't know if people will believe this guy is special. It's, yeah, it's funny to paint Moses as like uh, Will Smith's character in the movie Hancock. You know, in the superhero movie <laughs> yeah. where he's just he can do anything. I, trust me, I think about Hancock every day. <laughs> I think about, I was just thinking about the fact that in that movie, there's a part where he like, cause he's like so, so powerful. And there's a part where he like, like finally like takes responsibility for his actions and goes to jail. And then he's like playing basketball and like the ball goes outside of the jail and he like flies and gets it and then comes back. But it's also, I was just thinking about how like, even in, this, even in this movie where like, he's a, like this black man is a superhero. Like they still have to like find a way to like have him send himself to jail. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Hancock. That's but, like, yeah, that's some fucking liberal fantasia if I ever saw it. I, like, I never watched the movie. The honorable, super-powered black man who self, self-incriminates. self It's the idea of people, like, self-deporting, but, like, self-failing. Oh, that's so upsetting. Yeah. Oh, boy. Woo! We could get we could and get And that's Will Smith who's, like, too fucking on the nose. Um, but, yeah, so then Moses flees to the land of uh, Midian. And yeah, I, this is a point I was making earlier, but like, I feel like every meet cute that happens in this book is about livestock or watering holes. Cause it kind of strikes me as like, that's kind of the only place you could do it for most yeah. people. I kind of had a change of heart. Like last time somebody met or like when it what was, it was like, uh, Abraham's slave, like get it, like finding a wife for Isaac, right? Yeah. And it's like they have a moment. Yeah, it was where like find the girl who offers you water at the watering hole. Kn- and I was like, one. oh, that's dumb. Like, oh yeah, of course she fed the camel. But I, I'm kind of had a change. I kind of have a had a change of heart where it's like maybe it's nice that it's just like maybe it's a good lesson that like shit doesn't have to be that complicated and like it's like you could just give a water to some sheep, you know? Like this is a, like that's a very basic way to tell if someone like has a good heart. I don't know. This is a very off the top idea, but maybe also for like nomads at the time, like watering holes were basically their equivalent of like New York. And you know how like you just don't when you're in I've only been to New York twice, but even then, like you just don't engage with other people if you're like trying to get shit done as you're going through. So they're so like 
it's a it's a sign that someone is more like in tune to other things because maybe everyone just shows up at the watering hole and pretends that nobody else is there. Oh, see, I would like, think like I've been alone <laughs> in the hills for like three weeks. I'm just yakking, maybe. That's, I love the like, idea that like I'm turning the wineskin upside down and just like rolling around and hey, just living my best life. You're kind of painting I'm, Moses as like a guy who's like in a corner store and there's a line and he's like. Did everybody see the voice last night? <laughs> He's really trying to talk to yeah. everybody. Well, no, he does do something that's act, I think actually good is like I guess this guy's daughters are like are trying to water their um their their sheepies and the people who are there are being like vagabonds or or something and he's like, "Hey, go fuck yourself and let these people get their uh their their water." And then he waters it for and them. And then he waters the sheep himself. Yeah. Is That's that what it's called? The fact that giving sheep water is called watering the sheep is it's, very funny. It makes me picture fun. people just pouring water on sheep's heads. I've mentioned it before. Yeah. It's very fun. Just <laughs> with one of those like big old fashioned like garden pots things. You know what I mean? With them being a watering big. can? A watering can, yeah. Old fat. There's one in a our Big old fashioned okay. garden. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> gardening is just inherently old fashioned. It's great. It's no, going to have to be how a lot of us make our food in not very long. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> Shut up. Um. Uh, oh, and then it's pretty funny. Like, then the girl goes home and there's like, Dad, like, this random guy saved me from these attackers. And he's like, Well, where the fuck is he? Like, invite him over to dinner. Yeah, no, oh, I had I had that same thought. I, I was spacing out, but yeah, he's very like he's he's cool. He's like a fun and then even later on when when Moses is like, I gotta bounce, he's like, Yeah, get out of here, kid. He's not. He's he's not Laban. No, the, the whoever, real J.K. Simmons type. Whoever these Medeans Great are, casting. they they seem like fun people. When they're just like, yeah, oh, you helped like our them. daughters with the shit. You want to get married? Okay, so yeah, Joseph is. I mean, we're basically there, right? He moves in with these people, and then he's tending to the sheep. Jether. Jether. Also known the as Jeth, Jethro. The Jeth man. Also known as Ruel. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, and then he he sees the burning bush, and he says like. My goodness, there's a burning bush that is not being consumed, but it is on fire, but it is not going away. Yeah. Um, overall, this interaction is a very interesting one because it reminds me of like Prince of Egypt. And we hear this story all the time and we hear very key bits of it, but we actually don't hear the whole conversation a lot. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting too is uh, right from the beginning, God goes like, hey, Moses. Uh, I remembered about the Israelites now. I'm back on course. The album's going to get finished. And I'm going to bring you to the place that... And then he just lists a bunch of people. Like, they live there already, but you're going to have it. It's okay. And like... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> obviously, like... especially Very incriminating. Yeah. In our upbringing, like, they don't really, like, hone in on that. But he's just like... The Jebusites, they're going to be gone. The These people, they're going to be gone. The Hittites, yeah. they're going to be gone. Like, don't even fucking worry about now. it. This is Jesus. yours now. This is yours now. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, also, I don't uh, also, remember exactly what it's in relationship to, but uh, I wrote in my notes that I like how Exodus God is way more into, like, imaging and optics than just pure rage. Um, it's true. Because he, he kind of has like a whole whole spiel where he's he's like, I'm going to do all these things, but I'm not going to just do it the way that you would hope that I would do it. We're, we're going to we're going to be going through some shit. Check out your staff. I also love that God makes Moses take his shoes off. Yeah, what? he should. When does that happen? 
Yeah, I guess. Oh, it's right. Just, and he's like, this is holy, motherfucker. It's such a take funny little, like, shoes off. Can I take your coat? No, the this guy is like on. Uh, uh, it's I think it's supposed to be more awe inspiring, but he's he's like a very like he's like a impatient producer, <laughs> where it's like ah, dude, you're supposed to know. Just take your shoes off. Okay, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna save everything. Um, just- God does the interesting thing of naming God's self forever. That's is where we get the like Yahweh Yud Hey Vav Hey kind of thing. God just says, "This shall be my name forever." This my appellation for all eternity, which is just sort of a funny interlude. I don't know. This is like God 2.0. It's like a total reset. And then there's reset. like that, like sure. depending on the translation, it's like I am that I am or like I will be that I will be. Yeah, the and different like, names are I am that I am. I am who I am. I will be what I will be. I am. I will be. <laughs> his, his last like name is like. like Wu-Tang Clan. He's Popeye. If you want to judge me, that's your problem. <laughs> I am who I am. <laughs> yes yeah um, but, uh, yeah and then as we as we mentioned earlier like moses is kind of like well like this all sounds kind of crazy like you're gonna deliver us like how will they ever believe that you're with me and god's like i've got some magic tricks that you can use okay to prove so it. you can watch something like prince of egypt and you'll see the serpent turning into the staff and that's like a big fucking one that we've heard about and whatever it is not the craziest one though nope the craziest one is he's so Moses literally goes, "What if I show people the staff and the snake trick, and that doesn't convince them?" And God goes, "Stick your hand to your chest. Now pull it back up." And it's just like a corroded leprosy. Moses' now hand that, is just like corroded leprosy, and he's that like, "That'll freak the shit out of him." Wait, but now that you phrase it that way, it almost <laughs> yeah. seems like Moses is questioning God, and then God—that's the leprosy—is God's way of seeing being like. Do you still want to question me or do you just want to do this? Because I can do grosser <laughs> shit. Yeah. Actually, I like that frame in a lot where he's like, dude, we could go deep into my fantasies of what it could be. I started with Snake. Do you want to get grosser? Let's try that. The There's also hand. a bit of physical comedy where when the snake stuff first turns into a snake, Moses like jumps and is startled, which I. Yeah, this guy's a little thing. like cheekier. He also, before he does the snake thing, he goes, hey, Moses, what's that in your hand? Says, <laughs> a rod. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I'm getting like kind of a De Niro thing. It's just like, what's that, know? a rod? What do you got in your hand? Is that a rod? Looks got more a rod like a twig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this God is like, they're driving home the image that he's scary. Moses is, is kind of so scared of the burning bush that he can't even look at it. Moses is also sort of like, ah, I don't know if I'm the right guy. You know, I kind of like, I'm not so good at talking. And then God's like, who gives man his speech? Who makes him dumb, deaf, or seeing, or blind? It's me, God, basically. It's like, whoa, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, I see what you mean. It's like he's, it kind of feels like he's in like a... It's like, do you think I don't fucking know that already? He's in a Scorsese like, movie doing a toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a way to read that of also being a little bit more positive. I'm not going to say that I read it that way. I mean, way. he's just kind of like, he's just being like big shit. He's just like being yeah. a cool guy who wears a suit. He is, yeah. He's throwing his weight around for sure. I do love also that base God's basic uh, pitch to Moses is like, tell you what, uh, I'm going to like deliver the Israelites to safety um, and we're going to make sure that we get you and you can take the land of other people and, and all of that. And I'll be honest with you, I could make it really simple, but I think instead I'm going to do it in a way that causes a massive amount of death. 
Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna make Pharaoh not want you to let you go. Like, what are you even? If you, yeah, could- it's it kind of seems like you could in when he's saying that stuff, you could like like people who think like of God as being the universe. Like, it's almost like the universe is talking and being like, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have you go to Pharaoh, and then I'm gonna have him say like keep oppressing you, and then I'm gonna do a but. You know what I mean? It's like it doesn't seem. I guess I mean not that God is supposed to be a human. He sort of is, sort of isn't, but like he kind of depersonalizes him where it's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, if the ultimate goal is the liberation of your chosen people, then just fucking liberate them. Like, it's not like we go back to the like Egyptians and later have this like crazy, like reconciliation moment or whatever. Like after all the plagues and whatever, it's just kind of like, and then Egypt was behind us. So it's, it's, it's super odd kind of gross. Well, I only, like you said, I feel like this is the God that likes optics where it's like, it would be a little too clean if I just like reached in there and scooped all you little miserable Jews out and saved you. Like you have to, Oh, you're going to beat this guy. Like we're going to, we're going to topple him right out. Yeah. Which is just a way better story. I don't know if you think, and then, you know, so many people have like, um, um, allegorized different real struggles in the world to like the Jews, like being slaves in Egypt, like on up to like the civil rights movement and stuff. And like, it's a way less inspiring story that it's like, here were some people who had a backdoor out of slavery, but then someone decided to just close it and then help them get out another way, but that involved killing way more people. Isn't that inspiring? It's like, uh, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I am inclined to agree. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, can we talk about what's going on with Moses' speech? What he's heavy of mouth and tongue. What's going on there? I, I've always heard that taught that it was just he stuttered. Yeah. So he couldn't like make big proclamation or not couldn't. He quote unquote couldn't make big proclamations to people because he had a speech and he would Wanna... quote unquote fuck it up. No, I'm not gonna do an impression. No, I was <laughs> gonna do an impression. Not an impression, but not an impression, but uh uh, um, uh, let me just paint a picture for you, okay? It's a meme, and the first is it's the first panel is Moses, and he's saying like, "But I am heavy of mouth and tongue." And then the next, the next panel is his wife Zipporah, and she just kind of has a big, dumb, stupid smile on her face, like, "Yeah, he is." Or like you could just have that photo that is like the guy saying, "Damn, Shorty, okay." <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's that. Um, Thank you, John. You're welcome. That's a beautiful. <laughs> so glad we could think of that. But I just when you when we're talking about Moses, I kind of want you, the audience, to picture him with like his mouth is closed and you can still see a little bit of his tongue because that is absolutely how I will. Be it's like literally him. extremely heavy. Like his jaw is always just like. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> surely, so also, surely the matter is known. <laughs> also, I think it's very funny because you don't hear this usually when you're taught it either. Is uh, Moses really pushes back with God about like the I can't be the leader I have the stutter or I'm heavy of tongue and whatever and God says no don't worry about it aren't I the one who gave you your tongue like that and he's like no I really think that if I go and say hey I spoke to God and I have this whole thing going on people will be like you're a fucking idiot and then God just goes like alright fine I'll, I'll tell it to your brother too can you shut up like <laughs> right, and he has his brother do yeah. it, so that yeah. kind of just making Moses this guy who is useless, who is just kind of like standing there while his brother uh, proclaims all this stuff to Pharaoh, and Moses and is Moses like, is uh-huh. like, I agree. Okay, now we get to the real fun. Part, oh, should we, the weird scene at the inn. Yeah, yeah. What's going on at the inn? The inn. We never heard about the inn. You never hear about the inn. It's such a weird little story. <laughs> it's, it's just like God 
I don't think it even made it into your summary. It didn't. It it didn't, and I apologize. But yeah, I. So I guess we should say now, between when God tells Moses to go back to Egypt and when he gets there, he like stays at an inn along the way with his wife and kids. And God, well, he's at the end, is like about to kill him. And he's like, whoa, don't kill me. And then God, and then he like circumcises, right? God is like going to kill him because he hasn't circumcised his kids. And then he's like, okay, I'll do it. Relax. He's about to kill the kid. And then actually Moses's wife is the one who circumcises and basically says, God, like, there's your fucking foreskin. Wait, okay. Are we about to tumble? If Moses's wife (sighs) is the one who, who circumcises him, are... Like, do the most religious Jews let women circumcise kids? I feel like they probably don't. And I also feel like this is a hot take, but like having a <laughs> having a woman moil is like about as progressive as having a woman like CIA director. Like you still probably shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> but uh The the whole scene is so bizarre. So basically they go to sleep in the inn. And the like, the text doesn't even give you like dialogue, really. It just is like, and then God was on his way to visit Moses with his intention to be to kill his son. And then you like, don't hear about it. And then all of a sudden, Moses's wife, it says with a rock is just like, a and then it's all good. So it's a, it's a very strange um, little vignette. Yeah, but then they check out in the morning and head back to Israel and or, fuck to Egypt. I'm getting ahead of myself. And God, wait, what happens when they get to Egypt? Oh yeah. He's like supposed to tell Pharaoh, like, you got to let the Jews celebrate this festival. Like he's not even like asking, he's not even saying free them. He's just like kind of testing the waters. And also this is just a slight aside, but I, I laugh because I, I see it in my notes. Uh, the relationship between Aaron and Moses is like the, the one between Elton John and whoever wrote the lyrics for him. That's funny. (laughs) His name is, uh, Bernie Toppin. Yeah, of just kind of like, like Moses, you, you, or Aaron, you got all the right skills, but you just you can't put a sentence on the page. Let me help you out. I don't remember exactly <laughs> what this was in reference to, but the uh, this this moment after, um, what is this guy's fucking name? Moses goes to um goes to Pharaoh and is like, hey, let, let my people celebrate this festival and whatever. And Pharaoh is just like, how about double fuck you? Like, not only can you not go, but let's in- increase the uh, the difficulty of well, doing all the labor. I have a lot to say about that because if I may pop off, yeah. the whole dynamic of Moses demanding better conditions for these people and then Pharaoh making it worse and then them blaming him, it's so similar to the shit where like, where they tell you like, oh, like if we raise the minimum wage, like we're going to have to fire a bunch of people or like, like, oh, like fucking prop 22. Like if we, if we can't pass this measure to like strip everyone of benefits and healthcare, then we're not going to be able to employ them, which we know is bullshit. I guess that's a little different because in this case, like real shit is happening. And I don't know. And in, 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 in like modern times, like, I guess there is, I don't know. I just think there's a, the dynamic of like, People getting mad at the guy who's trying to help them because, like, I don't know, just is so, it's like a tale as old as time of, like, people. It is a tale as old as time. It is slightly different, though. I think just because of the nature of, of slavery and all that, um, it's not, like, because when people make those arguments and whatever, and I think it's the same level of thinking, they're still speaking in abstract 
Like they don't know for sure that all these people will have to be hired. They just they've heard that argument and they're mm-hmm. and that's what it is. For the the Hebrew slaves, like even though he was trying to help them, Moses has made their life objectively worse when yeah. he does it. And they, and and also here's the other thing that I think they don't really that you or you kind of miss sometimes is they assemble all the elders and they're like Moses just spoke to God and he's gonna make your life better and everyone's like dope and then the next day he comes to pharaoh and he's like just kidding everyone has to work three times as hard and they're like fuck you you know like i think if they hadn't they present him as they already present him as like chosen guy is going to talk to pharaoh going to figure it all out yeah he just is like well here's the deal i like agree with you that there's kind of like a this is exploring a similar theme of like do well-meaning efforts to improve the lives of people can they backfire and make them worse but what's kind of unfair about like biblical version of progress is it's always like the conditions were really bad and everything seemed impossible and then God just fixes it. Whereas like in the real world, if you think right. like People me, to, like, like there is no like just kind of unseen force that like no matter the odds will just make the right thing happen in the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's just like no underwriter in that kind of scenario. Yeah. I guess it kind of, it just makes me think about the fact that like, like Moses, I mean, he is, it's different cause he's like put, he has to fight, be fighting for these people, but he's like fighting for these people who are like actively against him, but he's just like, I'm just going to do it. It's, I don't know. It's like how, like there's so many people that would like benefit from like Medicare for all, for all or whatever that like don't want it because black people would also get it where it's like, uh, yeah. And it's also, not the same thing, but it's just like, it also reminds me a little bit of that, of, of like, I'm going to call it white savior, but I actually don't just mean it in like what white savior means. I just kind of, I'm, I guess it's not really a term, but you could call it like rich savior of like someone coming in. But like the main problem with what they want to do to help is that they have an idea of what it is when actually the people who are suffering from whatever they're trying to fix probably have a much better idea of what it, what they need to like get themselves out of the situation or to alleviate them circumstances. Right. You know? But in this case, it's like none of the slaves had access to God, AKA like super PAC money. AKA none of them, well not AKA, but also none of them were royalty and Moses used to be royalty. Right. Like everyone, everyone that he's talking to and trying to slave this, the text still basically says, yeah, they're a bunch of fucking shitbag slaves. Like they're us. So we like them, but like, Ultimately, we're on the side of like, hey, the the rich people and the elites have to. Right, have to. we had to help them out, but they were initially too stupid to even understand that we were helping. I have yeah. a quote I want to read um, that somebody I know posted on Facebook. That's relevant. I I probably should have brought it up a little bit ago, but I, I it's still relevant now. Um, her name is Binya Coates. She's I met her like in some Jewish base, but she posted. On Facebook, just saying, when Moses saw the taskmaster beating the Hebrew slave, Moses didn't ask for more body cameras on Pharaoh's guards. God didn't come down with an outstretched arm and a mighty hand in order to set up a community advisory board with non-voting representation from the Hebrew community. A mighty voice didn't ring out from the heavens advocating implicit anti-Hebrew bias training for newly hired overseers. God laid the taskmaster to rest and followed justice to set his people free. So... I don't know. I just thought that was I, I was kind of trying to tie shit together with fucking injustice now and I wasn't doing it as eloquently as I wanted to and then I remembered that somebody else did it. So, I just wanted to read that. Yeah, well said. I mean, it's like sometimes there are just clear rights and wrongs. Yeah, absolutely. 
But I, I do feel like Slavery it's worth saying, yeah, it's worth saying that, like, if we take this book, at, this chapter at face value, like, we can interpret it as being pretty radical. Like, I think it just, it, it gets lost in the the main character chosen one thing. But, like, the whole deal where, where uh, the Egyptians are like, oh, well, now you have to fucking get, you collect the straw yourself and you, we still have to make the same amount of bricks or whatever. That whole section can be, like, pretty easily read as, like, a... A, a damning idea of what exploitive like capitalism is the end and the ideas behind it what the of, idea of like you have to do more now like you have to do more you have to do, you have to more, do more for the same amount of money or, i mean in this case it's no money but like at the fucking amazon factory it's like you yeah. have to do this many more yeah pack this many more particularly orders. as a punitive measure that too that's yeah. right and that and that like they just get to kind of decide how things are and that's yeah. the end of the discussion yeah what i do think undercuts its attempt at being really clear and forceful is like all the stuff that the whole first book where it's like sure. yeah. slaves, yep. we got schemes where it's just like, Oh, again, it just sort of is like, Oh, it's bad because it's happening to us. Not because it's happening. Right. But then yeah. Though I suppose that- maybe there's an implication that like Egyptian style slavery is a bit more mass and systematic than like having a slave in your camp who cooks and looks after the kids or something. I don't know. Or it seems like Egypt yeah, is like a little uh, more industrialized. Let's segment off five minutes, and uh, if you want to just go ahead and make that case for us, uh, I'd love. No, just kidding. Oh no, here's what I was going to say: is that for Moses, Moses kind of exists in this gray area where like slavery never happened to him, but it's like sort of happening to his people, and therefore he's advocating for them. But he's still not quite. He's like not. You know what I mean? He does exist in this weird. That's kind of where I think they fall short. I think in terms of storytelling, it'd be way cooler if he used to be a slave. Yeah, Not that I agree. it would be good that he was a slave, but it would be like it would it would be a a an, a, a yeah. If a God chose one of the story. slaves, yeah. But instead, he yeah. chooses. Yeah, but God. They got to go to Harvard first. He's not even like elder yeah. of the Israelite people. He's like, ah, oh, he got raised in the palace, and you know. But he was born to the Jewish people and was sent down a little river because they were trying to be killed. So it's like he was, he like, it's kind of like he overcame persecution because he made it through the, the river in a little basket. I don't know. I But then also part of me is like, I do like that the almighty God chooses his chosen person from someone who might not necessarily have been like trained up in the like strictest version of of, or in any version of like what your people are. He's ethnically Jewish, you could say, but he's like, he was raised in the palace of, of Pharaoh. So he, like, do you think they like have him go like, oh, well, you're he's the little fiscally Jewish, boy, Jewish so. but he's socially Egyptian. Damn. <laughs> just kidding. No. I don't know. I just think it's interesting how like, I think if, if you were to go straight for like the, um, a purely like patriarchal like tradition is the most important thing he would be the son of like an elder uh israelite person who you know rose he was the most pious boy from from age five and then he was the most pious 13 year old and then he said i don't think you should have sex before you're married and god was like that's the one like that would be the like stereotypical what you would assume and instead they just go for like Cause like or like Noah, when they pick Noah, they're like, we picked Noah because he was the most righteous human being. Right. Ever. Yeah. I kind of like the idea that it's like, okay. God just picked Moses because he liked the way he killed that Egyptian slave master. <laughs> Even though that's <laughs> you not... have impressed me. Nice. <laughs> imagine if like, imagine if after that guy in 2016 punched 
or no, 2017, punched Richard Spencer in the face. We were all just like, that's the guy. That's the new leader of the left. Whatever that's the new president. Say, <laughs> even if he can't close his mouth yeah. with the, out his tongue, <laughs> you know, sticking out. Or if like, like, hey, um, Moses, you don't know me, but I love your style. I love the way you work. <laughs> yeah. The like kind of moral DNA of this chapter, even though it's like they don't fully pull it off, at least it kind of like makes a stab at saying like some things are just good and some things are bad. And like you just got to act sometimes. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot more of that in Exodus where it's going to be like, you're almost there, but I can understand how people can get some pretty valuable lessons out of it. Yes. Whereas yeah. in Genesis, it was just like, what, what you doing over there? What you got there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Genesis felt just like throwing it at the wall and seeing what stuck, but like nothing stuck. <laughs> Most of Genesis, the lessons are not even lessons. They're just like, here's three tabs of acid and a firearm. Get at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. What if we just locked people in a room and then they did things? So yeah, Genesis is like reality TV. And this is like uh, like slightly moralizing uh, politically correct sitcoms. Or, yeah. Yeah. And I think the only thing we have to really do to cover it is just how hilarious it is. I know we mentioned it before that the chapter ends with Moses going like, God, everyone's really pissed off and you, uh, you've you made like, you know, life worse for everyone here. And God goes, just wait a second. It's going to get worse. You shall soon see what I will do to Pharaoh. <laughs> He, talk, he said, he shall let them go because of a greater might. Indeed, because of a greater might, he shall drive them from his land. So it's like, you think that? You think what Pharaoh's doing is bad? There is foreshadowing, though. Um, like, the, is, doesn't at some point Moses say to Pharaoh, like, or God, either God tells Moses to say to Pharaoh or Moses, somebody said, like, the thing about, like, all your firstborn kids are going to have to be killed. So... That's just what's going to happen. Not so much a threat. So much. It's not even phrased as a threat. It's just like, God will kill all of your firstborn I sons. I thought that's what he told. I thought that was God's uh, justification for trying to murder Moses' son. Oh, was it? Maybe I got mixed up. Yeah, but, which is also we didn't really address. It's weird. He comes down and he's just kind of – and yeah, that is what it is. He says, hey, I'm probably going to end up taking the firstborns of all of Egypt. Uh and I might just do that to you right now. Wait, also, what does it mean for God to almost kill his son? Did he miss? Like, he's God. No, his like Moses' his wife is just kind of like, see, he's got the dick. He's, he doesn't have the dick skin anymore. You're good. It is funny that it says God tried to do something. It's like, what is God trying but not succeeding? <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't remember which comedian it was, but someone in the early me, aughts just freaking out about, like, a computer having an error message that said, hmm... Like, hmm, we'll try and see what's going on. And he just keeps going, hmm? I think it was Louis like, Black. you're a computer. I, I believe yeah, it was yeah. and just sounds like, exactly like Like, what the fuck is hmm coming from you? <laughs> I do like the idea of him throwing, like, some kind of smite orb and then just being like, ah, I've just never really recovered from baseball in ninth grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah God, I did like, warm up. I just... Like icing his arm. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a joke that I just remember I was going to make, like, Make like uh, 10 minutes ago that I forgot, it, do it. but I'm going to make it now. Is that all right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Before we wrap it yeah. up. You were talking about Zipporah doing the snip snip mm -hmm. uh, and how like it seems like if that's the case, maybe it, like more orthodox people should have women doing the circumcisions. Mm -hmm. That would mean your you moil is a goyal. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes, dude. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Five stars um, yeah, on iTunes. I feel like we could probably... Go right now. Give this us five stars. Great review. 
That's right. That's a great reminder of why you should like and subscribe to this podcast for fucking unprecedented bits of humor like that. This is what people come for. And this is what they honestly, this is what they listen all the way through for. It's to hear these moments. This is what the 60 projected of you really want. And we'll keep giving it to you. 60 million, you mean. <clears throat> 60 million, yeah. yes. 60 M's. Okay. Um, well, well, that's. I incredible. think we got to keep this chapter. I certainly feel like it's a it's a real other than the weird just starting off on a bagat 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 uh i think it pretty much doesn't miss the entire time yeah i would say keep it and too. obviously i'm team uh team f- fighting hebrew day laborers who are like who the fuck is this guy i okay i'm i'm on board with both of those sentiments i'm hugely team quarreling jews um <laughs> uh, Love a quarreling jew yeah and and then yeah like i'm 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 glad for that moment, not only because it was a great moment, it that it it unified all three of us even when immediately we all clued into the fact that like, yeah, this Moses guy might might need to just mind his own fucking business. Well, cause he started out so he like he he killed the slave driver and you're like, yes. And then he's like picking apart a little fight and you're like, bruh, no, not almost. You you did good the first time. I just yeah the fucking yeah he's like someone trying to go viral more than once exactly like just, you did well just I think the only thing we uh, I would edit to this to this chapter is just like it's just God man just get get rid God. of him yeah bye bye <laughs> that reminds me um have you guys read the uh, the Golden Compass yeah I have not. series I have yeah his Dark Materials mm-hmm. that book goes so fucking hard about killing God it's crazy don't they literally kill God. They Spoilers. literally kill God in a children's book. Yeah, that's wait, I that's mean, awesome. Yeah, you should read it's, it. It's that is so, funny. so metal. It's fucking crazy. The latter books, it's like God's this like geriatric fucking like alien like falling out of a coffin and then they kill him. It's the, really hardcore. The chutzpah of like a young adult novel novelist being like, I think in this book I'll um kill the Lord God and see how the parents uh see how the parents yeah. feel about that and also um, apparently a uh, philip pullman really fucking hates J.R.R. tolkien and is like those books are sexless and unreal and like They're that would never sexless. happen <laughs> that is so funny um, he's like it just he's reading he's like, the yeah, tales like of frodo and, and samwise and he's like where is the fucking <laughs> yeah i mean frodo and sam are like the most intimate relationship i need to way. see cheeks being clapped um <laughs> Smithereens. <laughs> I also like the idea of like a young adult fantasy novelist reading the fucking Lord of the Rings and being like, none of this shit's fucking realistic. I'm going to write a book <laughs> where they kill God. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, where they're like demons and talking bears. Um, um, okay. I yeah. say keep it. As the moment Moses kills that guy, it's the best one of these we've read. That's my opinion. That's Whoa. The- I know I don't it's not the best one we've read but that's the best thing anyone's done in one of these books is murder a slave driver that's so fucking cool that's like what a cool guy does right it's like it's like a purely moral act (laughs) but also I I was thinking about the fact that it could have also been you know we don't I don't necessarily think you know we kind of have compared Moses to Forrest Gump we don't know how what his intellect is like he could have just see it, it I don't know it's kind of the thing of like he saw someone hurting someone and just got really angry and acted without, I don't know, kind of. Yeah, right. Like, like it might have been like, like Lenny of Mice and Men vibes a little bit. Well, no, that's different. But yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, though. Like it wasn't necessarily like an informed choice. He was just like 
kind of just did it. There's an aspect to this chapter too, especially with it being like in a separate book where it kind of feels like some of the ideas about morality, the stakes are higher because it's kind of like you're in like Bible adult mode. Genesis, there's kind of like a lot of throwing around of ideas and you're like in your college dorm fucking smoking and just being like, yeah, man, the revolution needs to happen, man. And then like Exodus shows up and it's like, no, these are like, like, is the revolution going to happen? Are you going to kill the slave driver or do you actually just turn your head? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then I guess I'll just say that I'm on team Jethro. I just kind of like, I really like his energy. Oh, yeah, he's kind of like, he's like, hey, Moses, kid, come on in. You ever had a schnitzel? I'll make, well, all right, I'll leave you kids alone. <laughs> he's just like cool, like <laughs> yeah. dad of adult children, like just very, very good vibes. I do like too that he's so yeah. jovial and then is also referred to by three different names. Because it just it adds to the like fun mystery of the character of like he's kind yeah, of this right. he roaming like a nomad legend with just like a thousand <laughs> names, but every time he shows up, you know it's a good time. Jeff, Jeffy, Jeff Leopard, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Leopard. Yes, cool. uh, I guess I have to say a prayer now. Huh? This is prayer time. Is it a blessing? Have we decided it's, it's a blessing. It's, it's a blessing. Time to yeah. bless the lads. <clears throat> I guess I gotta bless the. Oh lads. Well, yeah. First of all, you gotta bless the lads. Oh. Goes without saying. Okay. <laughs> We are gathered here today in this Zoom on this rainy Tuesday evening, having just read and discussed the first chapter of Exodus. It's Moses time, okay? We we dealt with all the kitty shit. We dealt with all, but now is now is the real story. It's time to begin. So, um, on on our journeys today, let's just say, if 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 someone tells you that you got to kill a bunch of little baby boys. Think about it for a minute and then say, no th- thanks, but no thanks. That's what you got to say in that situation. Oh. You got to say, thanks, but no thanks. I'll, I brought my own. Just say no. Just say no. You know, and if... I brought my own. <laughs> it doesn't quite make sense, actually, but... <laughs> that's just on that's one awesome. of those anti-drug posters. No, it's not. Hey, man, you want to join? No, I brought my <laughs> that own. Is no, um, prayer time. If you... <laughs> If you really need to send your little baby brother down a river in a basket, just kind of hide in some bushes and follow him while he does it until he gets found by royalty. It's the other uh, blessing I'll say to you. I bless you with that uh, with that command. I command you to w- watch your little baby brother if he's flown down a river. And I guess finally I'll just say be smart but be like Moses, you know? Don't kill anybody, but if you see somebody hitting somebody or doing some bad shit, make them stop. And if if that means covering him up in a bunch of sand, if you got a poor bunch of if you know if you see a guy on the street yelling at his at his partner and you want him to stop and you go you know you know maybe go to the beach, get a bucket of sand, pour it on his head if the, if that's what you need to do. Oh, good, we got away from murder. Okay, we got away. Oh yeah, don't murder anyone. Just. <laughs> Just put them in the sand. If you see someone having <laughs> an argument, murder them. <laughs> yeah, if you see, I guess that does go against what we were talking about earlier with the, like, the fact that it's annoying, like, just to interrupt someone bickering. I, but if there's a difference between bickering and being a fucking slave driver. That's, that's what I was going to say. That's we what get you it. need to, we get listen, it. here's we where you need it. to learn yeah. from Moses, okay? This is the end of my blessing, is that... 
you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Meaning you got to know when to stand up <laughs> against injustice and you got to know when to realize that a couple of buddies are just having an argument about when Kid and Play dropped their first album or what have you. Exactly. You got to know when to mind your business. Not always. Sometimes don't mind your business, but usually do. But sometimes don't and just know you just figure it out. Just figure out when is good and when's bad. Mind your business, but sometimes injustice is your business. Yes. Mind your, I bless you with the idea of mind your business. I mean that – I don't know. I guess that's not quite the lesson of, of this whole chapter, but that is the lesson of I know, I, no, Moses I know. I'm just, interjecting. I'm just your it's chain. just like – but also if Moses had never interjected in their little fight, he still would have eventually figured out that people were mad at him for killing that guy. Why is everyone looking at me all weird? I also do, I just thought of it as just like, he looks over his like shoulders and then like, oh yeah, there's no one here. And there's just like a hundred people above him on like an elevated platform. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, Eve, oh, oh my, whoa, what's going on down there? The the people are just like, okay, like, let's figure it out. Who killed the slave driver? Uh, Hey, you slave. Did you see anyone? And then a hundred people are like, we all saw it. It was the prince. You're like, well, that That complicated. What would, okay. This is, is this a question I should even ask? Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. So the king's son kills a slave driver, right? What would happen if Hunter Biden killed a cop? (laughs) I'm just saying. I would be pretty Um, crazy. I mean. uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I hope not, but. I don't know. Oh, my God. And, and thus I conclude my blessing. <laughs> Lila Tove, love you all. <laughs> wow, yeah. That's... that's <laughs> Maybe a new thing we can do is leave people with a wild question to mull over until next week's episode. <laughs> yeah. Write in what you think would happen in that's that That's like your case. homework. It's uh, smitemepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. don't necess- you don't have to answer that question, but if you have any thoughts... Yeah. Um, ideas if you Prayers. just want to reach out to us and have something to say smite me podcast at gmail.com or we'd love to hear for, from you for friends you know Some, uh, i've yeah. got i got one. <laughs>